Hey, Barstool listeners, you can find every episode of this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. For us, golf is simple. It's a chance to get out and have some fun with our friends. But inevitably, little things have a way of ruining it. The group ahead is taking forever. You can't find the fairway with a map. And the Bev cart is nowhere to be found. And the best way to make a bad day better is Fireball Whiskey. You get their nips, the little shooters. They are great. Makes bad day way, way, way better. Make sure to grab the new Fireball Birdie Shot Club. It's literally a golf club filled with Fireball nips. Put it in your bag. It'll fit right in that side pocket. Drink Fireball nips and have a great time on the golf course. Hey, Stephen Shea, what's happening? Uh, Willie Colon is traveling this week, so he's going to be out. But uh, I'm your host, Stephen Shea. Uh, crazy, crazy week 17. We've got some very, very interesting scenarios going into the final week of the season. We will get to those in our game previews. The lead story has to be the Washington football team releasing the number 15 pick from a year and a half ago, Dwayne Haskins, quarterback out of Ohio State. Wild news. I mean, obviously, he had the uh, you know had been benched earlier this season. Apparently, wasn't Ron Rivera's guy. Got benched for Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen gets hurt. Alex Smith comes in. Alex Smith gets hurt, and now it's back to being Dwayne Haskins' show. Last week, you know, after some poor play against the Seahawks, he's caught out maskless. In this COVID world, especially with NFL players getting tested daily with strippers, he gets the C, the captain's uh, status removed from his jersey for this week's game. Starts this game, huge game for the for the Washington football team. They lose to the Panthers. Haskins gets benched mid-game. They bring in Taylor Heineke um, to finish the game. The next day, Haskins is released. Joey, what are your thoughts on the Washington football team cleansing themselves of uh their first round pick from a year ago yeah man i think cleansing is a great term for it we talked about it when haskins got benched earlier in the year that clearly ron rivera was coming in saying hey (laughs) i got stuck with this guy this is on you guys this was not my doing not my decision so i'm gonna bench him and he was waiting for that opportunity for anything to happen to be able to cleanse himself completely and Dwayne Haskins went out there and did it to him you know on his own and what's crazy is that it wasn't even wasn't even off the field stuff but then when you look at the on the field the performance uh didn't he skip the post-game press conference on Sunday yes he skipped the post-game press conference on Sunday I mean, the guy was given given chances and he just continued to shoot himself in the foot um, time after time. And with a guy like Ron Rivera, who is known as being kind of a more old school, no nonsense kind of guy comes from the, you know, the, the 85 bears defense and all that. That's just not going to fly, especially when he's trying to change a culture completely with the Washington football team. You know, you can't have that, especially from your quarterback, your first round quarterback. No, 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 man. No, no, no. You had to. I mean, that that's the beauty and the pain of the NFL, the pain for the players that at any moment you could just be chopped sayonara, but at the same time for a coach or for an organization that's trying to turn itself in the right direction and multiple ways to just be able to say, see ya. Nope. This, how you're going to be no nonsense. Goodbye. Get out of our building. Yeah, it is a uh, it's crazy that it just happened so fast because I mean there's a week left in the regular season. They don't have to release them now. It's definitely a statement. Uh and speaking of statements, they released a statement this afternoon. This is from head coach Ron Rivera. 
This afternoon, I met with Dwayne and informed him he w- we would be releasing him. I told him it would benefit both parties that we go our separate ways. We want to thank Dwayne for his contributions the last two seasons and wish him well moving forward. Um, Haskins also put out a statement on Twitter. Uh, My time with the Washington football team has unfortunately come to an end. I thank the team and fans for the opportunity to for the opportunity to play for the team I grew up rooting for. I take full responsibility for not meeting the standards of an NFL quarterback and uh, will become a better player, better man and better player because of this experience. Um, I mean, saying the right things, but it's just one of those scenarios where, you know, does the guy love football like there there was a situation last year where i think it was like right at the end, it might have been like week 16 week 17 where the, the then redskins got a win and he was supposed to go out to take you know the final knee in the victory formation and he was not on the field he was taking a selfie with a fan um kind of got swept under the rug is not a big deal but then looking back uh you know there are other red flags that his you know he's he was widely projected to be a first round pick he quote unquote slid to um, the Washington football team at 15. There was talk that he could go number six, to the giants um, or a team could be trading up for him um, at his draft party, which is, you know, something you see uh, a lot of top prospects have, or, you know, most prospects expected to get drafted. There were reports that he was charging people to get in. That, that's another red flag. You know, when teams passed on him, he said something to the, to the effect of like the league done messed up. Like, um, yeah, there, there, it's just, you know, there were a lot of red flags with this guy but it seems like he might've been more into the notoriety and things that come with being a quarterback than actually putting in the work to be a yeah. great quarterback, the cash cow. Yeah. And, and, and what's tough is that, you know, when you go, when, when you, when you're a quarterback at a place like Ohio state that has first and second rounders all around you yeah. on the offensive line, running backs, wide receivers, the whole shebang, and you just go out there and you're just better than the other team. Your, your coaches are better. Your athletes are better. Your players are better. And you can go out there and chuck it to Terry McLaren for, you know, all day and put up big numbers and you're Dwayne Haskins and you're the man. And then you go into the NFL and especially to a team like the Washington football team that is struggling. And (laughs) I mean, I've never been in this situation, but I would have to think it takes a lot more dedication and work than what it would at a place like Ohio state when you got five stars and four stars all around you going up against, you know, three stars and lesser, lesser competition to then now all of a sudden, Oh man, we really got to, we, we got to out scheme these guys. We, we got to, we got to know what's coming. We got to be on our P's and Q's. Um, and, and, and it hasn't been just with Dwayne Haskins, something like that off the field. I mean, we've seen that uh, with quarterbacks time and time again. I mean, for as long as we've been around, I mean, you look at quarterbacks who've come from USC, like, a sorry, Colin, like a Mark Sanchez, you know, I mean, somebody like that, like it, it's a whole different game going from being in the situations of these powerhouse schools to then being supposed to be the best player on a pro team. And it's an eye opener, man. I mean, it's, it's tough. Yeah. But I mean, Dwayne Haskins is a guy that, beat out Joe Burrow for the starting quarterback job at Ohio state. Now, you know, Joe Burrow obviously hurt, but was, you know, setting the league on fire before that, you know, for a rookie, um, an interesting tweet got put out, um, the other day by, uh, uh, Danny Heifetz, um, who writes for the ringer, um, first round quarterback. So just showing kind of the hit and miss rate. And let's take a look at these since 2015. I thought this was kind of an interesting tweet. Um, so basically saying if these guys are busts or if they're, um, you know, 
a worth, worth the investment of first round pick. So first round quarterback since 2015, 2015, Jameis, Marcus Mariota, neither of them, you know, earned a second contract with the team. 2016 Goff, you know, I, I would say that's a hit. You know, he took the team to a Super Bowl, obviously earned a contract extension. Wentz, he put as a no-go. I would actually disagree with that. I think Wentz was a hit. Wentz earned a contract extension, you know, was, uh, you know, Super Bowl champion. Uh, You know, obviously he didn't play in that game, but a lot of what he did that year got them in a position to be able to win a Super Bowl. Uh, I'd put that as a hit. Uh, 2017, Mitchell Trubisky, you know, obviously um, hasn't worked out so far, especially considering the guys after him. You got Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, obvious hits there. 2018, um, Baker Mayfield, Listed as a hit, you know, I guess so. Um, Sam Darnold, uh, X for now. Uh, I think he could turn into a hit. Josh Allen, hit. Uh, Josh Rosen, obviously uh, a whiff there. And then Lamar Jackson, a hit. 2019, Kyler Murray, hit. Uh, Daniel Jones right now is an X. I feel like he, he still needs a little bit more time. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, obviously, with an X now. Uh, so we're looking at a hit rate, basically about 50%. You know, I'm kind of overturning some of his decisions there. Um it, 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 I think that that's actually fair because 50%, that's kind of what all the positions are for the first round of the NFL draft. I don't think quarterbacks should be exempt from that. Now, teams do do an extra level of research when it comes to the quarterback because that is your, you're tied for better or for worse. If you draft a quarterback, you are tied to them. Very few GMs, regimes survive picking a quarterback that doesn't necessarily work out and then get to do it again. Um, my bucks, Jason light is one of those that did get to survive. I mean, at the time, Jameis was an absolute no brainer pick for the first yeah. overall. Um, you know, some things didn't work out. He did make a pro bowl, but obviously not where they want to be cut bait after this year. Obviously got a big upgrade. Um, but you know, where do we stand on first round quarterbacks? Are are they really franchise changes? Like Colin, our producer, huge Jets fan, you know, was excited about Trevor Lawrence. Now maybe, you know, Justin Fields or, you know, Zach Wilson or, uh, you know, uh, the, the the North Dakota State guy. I am um, not Trey excited. Trey Lance. Um, uh, so, you know, what what what's our stance on, on first round quarterback? I mean, there, there are no slam dunks, right, Joey? Yeah, no, I, 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 would, I would agree with that. And it's, look at the... Look at the Bills, for example. Look at the Seahawks when they got Russell Wilson. Um, you know, it, it's all just about timing, man. I mean, that's what's crazy is that, like, you know, the Bills have had built a roster that was like, all right, we're 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 kind of there. We're ready to roll. We got a lot of good pieces. We're just missing our guy. They get Josh Allen. The Seahawks back in 2012. Had that really, really great defense, obviously. They had Marshawn Lynch, you know, they're building something. They just couldn't figure out the quarterback. Russell Wilson comes in, hit their guy. I mean, I, I always look at, though, like quarterbacks, you, like, you got to take that chance, man. Like, you got to take that chance because if you don't, then, you know, I feel like if you're, you know, the Bears with Trubisky right now or like the Colts, or they're, they're going to be, they're kind of in this no man's land. Like my Steelers will probably be in this no man's land for a while. Uh, like I'm somebody who I would rather try to, you know, trade up and, and maybe give up a few picks and a few assets to go up and get your guy, because who knows when they could come back around right. and who knows how long you're going to be in, in quarterback purgatory. Yeah, that That's the worst thing. Like I would rather risk big on a quarterback and with, and then start mm-hmm. over then just have like a really solid roster with a lot of picks built up. Right. But we still don't have our guy. 
So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, let, let's at like, least what are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. Let's at least make that move. Let's at least take that chance. And if it misses, you'll know in a year and a half, like Dwayne Haskins, you'll know in two years. All right. Then we got to start over. But if you hit all of a sudden, it's Patrick Mahomes. All of a sudden it's Russell Wilson. All of a sudden it's Josh Allen. And then you're, and then you're good and you're ready to roll unless it's right. Andrew Luck. And then he retires on you and your prime. So I, I mean, that's where I stand on it. That's always been my argument. Like a lot of people in Indy have always been like, and I would give props to, to Chris Ballard. You know, he has his plan. I tweeted about it on Sunday. He's like a good GM. He is. He's very good. He's patient. He executes his plan. Like he's not going to get into the media and like one to overspend or do anything like that. But at the same time, at some point, if you really want to take it to the next level, you're going to have to do that. Like you can't just play conservative, like, yep, here we go. Build, build, build. Until you know, that's going to get you a bunch of like wild card division round losses. That's not going to do it. You got to go out and you got to get your Russell Wilson. You got to get your Patrick Mahomes. So to that point, I thought this was interesting. So Michael David Smith is a guy uh, tweeted out. Um, there are eight current division leaders, the chiefs, bills, Steelers, Titans, Packers, saints, Seahawks, and Washington football team. None of their starting quarterbacks, uh, none drafted their starting quarterbacks first overall. None even drafted their starting quarterback in the top five. Let's not pretend tanking for a first pick is the only way to build a franchise. So I thought that was interesting. I mean, we look even back to this past season, you know, it's obviously too early to tell Joe bro looked awesome. Tua has had flashes, but has been pretty inconsistent. I would say Justin Herbert looks incredible and was, was the third quarterback taken um, in this draft. So it's really not all about, you know, pre-draft rankings, even, you know, look at the receivers from this past year. Uh, Henry Ruggs was the first one taken Jerry Judy, the second, you know, both have had flashes. Sure. But then you see Justin Jefferson as, you know, the what was it, the fifth wide receiver taken um, CD lamb was the third wide receiver. So like it doesn't all, it's not all uh, pre-draft rankings. A lot of it is developing after. Um, so I think it does actually benefit guys from having a chip on their shoulder. No, I mean, with Tom Brady, 199th overall pick, he remembers all the quarterbacks that went in front of him. You know, that's obviously a kind of an exception. He was, you know, a sixth round quarterback, but you know, Russell Wilson, a third rounder, you know, all these guys, you don't have to be the, you know, one, one overall pick um, to succeed. So that's why I'm overly cautious a little bit on, you know, the Trevor Lawrence, uh, Trevor Lawrence's of the world. And, you know, ever since, you know, my personal experience with, you know, drafting, the guy who was, you know, the next Andrew Luck, the next, you know, big prospect, number one overall, doesn't always work out. So I, I would just warn Colin and, you know, other Jets fans and <laughs> Jags fans, you know, proceed with caution. Yeah, for sure. But at the same time, like Patrick Mahomes, for instance, wasn't drafted number one, but the Chiefs traded up a haul to Correct. go into Um uh, I think the Texans traded up as well, if I remember correctly, yes, yep. to go get Deshaun Watson. Uh, when Big Ben was drafted 11th overall, the yep. front office wanted to draft an offensive lineman until ownership came in and said, no, take the Roethlisberger kid. So my point being is that sometimes when you're trying to, you know, the Chiefs could have not moved up. They could have taken best player available. The Steelers could have taken that offensive lineman, best player available. Sometimes you have to say, you know what, we're going to take a chance on this kid because, yeah, he could be a bust, but also you could get 17 years and two Super Bowls out of him. Right. So, 
Yeah. Um, an interesting tweet about the, the first, the first round quarterbacks is, you know, um, uh, the guy from the ringer tweeted that, but uh, a friend of mine, Dan Hatman, who runs the scouting Academy, which is a great school. If you're looking to invest in football yourself, um, tweeted out non first round quarterbacks right now who are quality starters from those years, 2015, to 2019. The only one is Dak Prescott from 2016. Nobody else that is a, a non-first rounder from those years. So I think that, that that does speak to, you know, you have certain evaluations of guys. Pre-draft, obviously, you have your, you know, handful of guys that could be first round picks. Outside of that, you know, you kind of have certain limitations or ceilings. Um certainly you can, you know, break those through as you know, we've seen with Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, et cetera. But for the most part, you know, you're you have, they have a good idea of where you're going to be. But, you know, if you're picked one, five, six, twelve, you know, it's all fairly similar. So yeah. interesting thought going into, you know, draft season. A lot of teams, um, the Jags, especially clinching the number one pick, have a lot to look forward to. You know, Trevor Lawrence absolutely could be, uh, you know. The next, you know, Andrew Luck, I guess, would be the, the last number one overall hit pick or, or Kyler Murray um, or Joe Burrow even. Um, but it, there's no sure thing. Absolutely no sure thing. No, no, I agree. That's fair. Are you nervous? Huh? Really, are you? Man, you got to get a you got to get a, a cheat sheet or something. That's terrible. That'll kill us. Um, let's talk about the surest thing going. And that was the Patriots making the playoffs. They're not going to for the first time since 2008. Now, they had a pretty putrid display on Monday Night Football, getting absolutely destroyed by the Buffalo Bills. Um, the Bills actually became the first team to sweep the Patriots in the regular season <clears throat> since the year 2000. Uh, it's Bill Bill- that was Bill Belichick's first season with the team. Um, before Monday night, the Patriots are the only NFL team not to be swept by a divisional foe since realignment in 2002. Just an incredible stat. At the same time, Tom Brady and the Bucks making the playoffs for the first time since 2007. Had to throw that in there. But thank you, thank you. Um, very excited. But uh, the, the Pats, what's going on here? Cam Newton looked horrible last night, benched again for Jarrett Stidham. What is the plan for New England this season? What do we think of their you know, dynasty crumbling. I think my favorite part of it, Stephen Che, is that the argument forever nationally and especially locally here where I reside was, well, if Peyton Manning would have had Belichick, then he would have done blah, 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 blah. Well, Brady has Belichick, so he's done blah, 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 blah because of Belichick. And now we see, um, finally, we see the two part ways Tom Brady go down to Tampa, take them to the playoffs for the first time since 2007, getting them on a tear. And all the while, Belichick and the Patriots are crumbling without Brady. Uh, So I think that's been my favorite part is I always got told by my buddies. I always got told by my dad. God love him. Well, I mean, he's got Belichick. Anybody can do that with Belichick, blah, 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 blah. And uh, we're seeing exactly because I was always like, Brady's the one doing it. He, he's the one out there beating, beating folks. He's the one out there lighting them up. Belichick's a defensive guy. He's not, <laughs> he's not an offensive guru. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're seeing it. So I think that's been my favorite part. Uh, times there are changing, man. I don't know why. I don't know why Jared Stidham wasn't the go. I mean, what are they ever going to, 
Is that just a complete no shot in there? They're ever going to see what they have? I mean, because- I feel like he has to start this week, right? Like, I mean, it's week 17. See what you got in the kid. Like, uh, you, you, you need to kind of prioritize your offseason now. So Cam Newton signed a one-year deal prior to the season. I mean, there's no way they can bring him back. Right? He was terrible this year. Uh, he's thrown five touchdown passes. Does he retire? I, I feel like he's not really a guy that can come in and be a backup. Like if you have a young quarterback, like if you have, you know, um, you know, everyone's kind of assuming Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be back in Miami, but let's say he's gone and Tua is, you know, they move fully on board with Tua. Can you sign a backup? Like Cam, like who wants Cam Newton kind of over their shoulders? You know, the most me guy, one of the most me guys there is in the league. So I can't really picture him being like a supportive like a Josh McCown type backup. So I don't know. Did you see his morning routine? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's crazy. So what was it? 1130. He goes to sleep Four twenty, He wakes up Four thirty out the door. Doesn't have coffee till 8am. Is that correct? I, uh, yeah, I found, I have a few discrepancies with this routine. One, that's just not very healthy to not get that amount of sleep. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like midnight to 4.30, I mean, that's... 11.30. 11.30 to 4.30, so that's, what, five hours of sleep? Like, that. That that's one, not very healthy. Two, 10 minutes to get out the door? Like, is he yeah. going to bed and what he's leaving in, and then does he just get up and brush his teeth? Like, what's... Cam Newton doesn't poop at home. <laughs> what's, this, what's the scenario there? And then by the time he gets to the facility or whatever he's going, what is that three hours of downtime? Is he sleeping again? Is he taking a shit? Is he? He's probably getting in like a morning lift, maybe some early film. I, I mean, I was like, everybody on Monday Night Football is losing their mind about it, and I'm like, this is a weird schedule. Like that's yeah. not, uh, you know, like I, I would expect, I would expect like a a, a one people would be praising and baby be like, bed at nine thirty, wake up at five a.m., workout in get to the facility at six coffee at six 30 film at 7 a.m. Then I'd be like, okay, that makes a little bit more sense. This was all over the place. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of, I feel like it's, you know, kind of a badge of honor um, in NFL circles to, you know, kind of brag about how early you get it. Like there are a lot of early guys, like, you know, when Jameis Winston was a quarterback, he was always, you know, the first guy in the building. And anytime the, the team reported back, like, you know, to training camp or whatever, He'd be the first guy greeting guys at the door. He's an early grinder. Um, John Gruden famously wakes up at 3.37 in the morning. He's at the facility typically just after 4 a.m. Like, these guys just kind of are workaholics. But let's take a look at Cam Newton for a second. This is a guy coming up several surgeries and injuries. Rest is part of recovery. Rice. Rest is the first is the first letter in that acronym. Rest. Um, he's not getting enough. What are the other three? Ice, uh, rest, uh, ice, uh, compression, elevation, rice. There we go. It's okay. for, for like sprained ankles and stuff. But I mean, Cam Newton, is his body able to recover? I mean, obviously he's not going into the to the facility during the offseason. He was unemployed for, for a couple months, um, but he still is working out and stuff like that. Like, is he sleeping enough? <laughs> so this actually brings up um, something interesting that I'm going to be doing starting – Monday, Uh, Monday, uh, when basically the regular season ends, playoff season officially begins. I, Stephen Che, will be going on the TB12 method um, for the entirety 
of the playoffs until the Bucks are eliminated. So the TB12 method is a specific diet um, that Tom Brady and his trainer Alex Guerrero came up with. Um, it, it's pretty reasonable. It's mainly plant based. You can have some meat, but one of the, two of the key things that I think I'm going to struggle with. You have to get at least eight hours of sleep a night, which, you know, I'm kind of a night guy. So I'm usually up till midnight, one o'clock and I'll wake up, you know, on seven ish. Um, so I'm about a six, six hours of sleep guy. Um, and the water, I have to look up exactly what it is, but I think it's like an ounce of water for every pound you weigh. I weigh about 205 pounds. I drink, I drink almost no water in a day. Uh, I get fairly dehydrated frequently. I drink probably about 30 ounces of water in a day, which is, I know is, is very little. Um, put that down, man. You gotta, I know. So I just ordered a, the big Tom, which is a, a 65 or 64 ounce TB 12 water jug. So I'm drinking several of those throughout the day. Um, and I will be on the TB 12 method for the entirety of the bucks playoff run. Um, I'm hoping we, you know, extend it to, you know, February 7th, uh, the Super Bowl, but we will see. I will be on that eight hours of sleep a night, ton of water. I'm going to look great after. Uh, hopefully it is, it is a long experience. So that's on top of the Peloton as well, correct? Uh, yes, yes. So just got the Peloton, just started, started using it. It's good. Dang. So we're going we're gonna to have Slim slim Che. Not, not that you – I mean – Slim, but you're going to be we'll, – We'll see. We'll see how long this playoff run is. I mean, right now – the Bucks are slated. If they win, they're going to be the number five seats. They're going to play the NFC East winner, which is the best case scenario if you're not going to be on a bye, honestly. Oh. Um, so we'll see. You know, it could be a, a one-week thing. Uh, I'm hoping not. I haven't seen a playoff win since January 26, 2003. Wow. Yeah. No, you're due. I'm you're due. due. All right. Due. That's, that's cool. I feel like TB12, you know, it's it's highly talked about. I'm yep. sure highly recommended. I'm excited to see the results, and who knows? Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll hop on after after it once I see how it goes for you. So, all right, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, all right, let's get into the slate of games this week. That's why you get your ass in the in the uh, meeting room with the receivers at lunchtime every day. We have a lot, lot of very meaningful games. Let's start in the AFC North, where you know you are most familiar. So we've got arguably the hottest team in the league. One of the hottest teams in the league, the Baltimore Ravens going to Cincinnati. Cincinnati has also won two straight. Yeah. Baltimore, I believe has won four in a row. Um, uh, it's in Cincinnati, one o'clock on CBS, Baltimore, 11 and a half point favorites over under 44 and a half. Um, the Ravens, a win. And they're in the playoffs with no lower than a six seed. Um, a win and a Dolphins loss will put them up to a five seed. And if they lose, they are in trouble and will need some help to get into the playoffs. So, Joey, who do you like in this game? Brandon Allen, that quarterback for Cincinnati, he's been pretty good for like a, a, a kind of a no-name backup. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, good Lord, last two weeks, Cincinnati's been world beaters. I mean, they kick the hell out of my, my Steelers and they go down to Houston and win a shootout down there. So I'm hoping... <laughs> Uh, selfishly that they can keep that thing rolling and spoil the Ravens season. Because like I said, when we had IT on Stephen Che a couple weeks ago, I do not want to see the Ravens. If I'm given the, if I'm given the option of a first round playoff game against the Browns, the Colts or the Ravens, 
Give me the Browns or the Colts all day. I don't want Baltimore coming into Pittsburgh. I've seen it too many times. They're hot right now. They got that front runner phony Harbaugh preaching in their ear about how, you know, they owe Pittsburgh because of blah, blah, blah. I don't want to see them. So I'm praying that Cincinnati can pull something out, but damn, Baltimore's hot right now, man. They're, they're, uh, they're looking good. And I'll, like I said, I'll, I've said a few weeks ago, I'll stay on that front. I know Baltimore's good. I know they're a bad matchup for us. I don't want to see them. Yeah. I mean, Baltimore is scoring a ton of points. Um, I think they're averaging like 35 points a game in the last four. Um, they're rolling right now. I mean, 11 and a half points on a divisional road game is a ton of points. I actually take Cincinnati in that. Um, this is a huge game for the Bengals. They're currently slotted with the number five pick in the draft. They could go as high as number three, but as low as number 10. This is a team that's looking to protect Joe Burrow. They need help on the offensive line. Quarterbacks are going to go early with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. If they get that number three pick, they have the pick of their litter, the pick of the litter with um, with offensive tackles. And this is a, a year with, that's pretty top-heavy with offensive tackles. Um, so this is a big game for their franchise. They've won two straight. Um, don't necessarily want to mess up their draft position, but at the same time, you know, Guys are playing for their jobs. As J.J. Watt said, did you, hear, did you hear that J.J. Watt speech after the game? Yeah, and I admit to bring that up when we were talking about Dwayne Haskins because he had what was going on with Haskins. And then, on you know, on the exact other end, you had J.J. Watt talking probably about guys like Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> yeah, I mean, su- summing up what he said was basically just like, you need to, you need to give a shit. Um, he's like, there are fans every week that come to the stadium. He's like, no matter what our record is, like, even if we're losing, even if we're garbage, they're wearing our jerseys cheering for us. There are people tweeting at me and saying, they're like, you know, no matter what we support you. He's like, we're playing for those people. Um, you know, I, I absolutely believe what he says. Some cynic in me is like, you know what? JJ Ross obviously reads his tweets. Um, you know, his mentions, what he did went over very big on Twitter. I mean, I retweeted it. Um, you know, I'm fully about that and want more players like that. But, you know, if he's 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 appeasing the crowd that, you know, he is trying to appease. I'll say that much. Yeah, but I mean, I do think I do think he walks it. I do think he he talks the talk and walks the walk. But JJ Watt, since he got drafted, you know, I mean, this isn't, and also. At the beginning of it, he said he was like, "This is a job. Like this isn't like, yeah, yeah, true. This is our job. Like this is like people go to work to do whatever. This is what we go to work to do. So, you know, I I, I hear what you're saying to a certain extent, but uh, you know, I think that combined with his overall message, he was preaching. sincere. No, I I, I agree. I agree. Um, I am a JJ Watt fan, um, especially after that. But I have I have liked him. Um, all right, let's let's stay in the division. Uh, Pittsburgh going to Cleveland. This is the big game for you guys. Um, you guys can knock the Browns out of the playoffs. Um, so the Steelers can clinch a number two seed with the win. They could fall to number three um, with the loss, and if Buffalo wins. What's going on here? Uh, okay, wait, hold on. Let's go over the Cleveland scenario. Um, win and they are in. They clinch. They could be the five seed with a win and a Miami and Baltimore loss. Um, six seed with a win and a Baltimore loss. Out of the playoffs with a loss and an indie win. So, um, Joey, how are we feeling about this? Um, you guys obviously got off the schneid this past week. AFC North champs. Huge comeback. I mean, you guys were down 24-7. Yep. Uh, 
you guys look like you were getting punched in the face again. Yep. But came back. Talk to me about what happened. Talk to me about Randy Fickner. What's going on there? Yeah, man, it's uh, it was a big weekend. I'm glad that uh, finally one of my predictions about the Steelers <laughs> came right came came to be true. Uh, beat the Colts again. Nothing new there. Um, yeah, the 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 word on the street, and we've seen this multiple times this season. Word on the street is first half you're having your scripted plays that looked awful, very predictable. Indy was sitting on it, knew what was coming, kind of. And then the second half, they came out, and and Big Ben was kind of just like, hey, we're going to no huddle it. We're going to, you know, uh, go by, fly by the seat of our pants, kind of, and, and I'm going to direct the traffic, and we're going to take some shots, and we saw what happened. My only question with the and, and, and rumor has it that offensive coordinator Randy Feigner was kind of benched in the second half. Like, he, he kind of didn't have any say. Um my only question with that then becomes why was that not the case in the previous three weeks? Why, you know, why did the offense look so dreadful in Cincinnati for the entirety of the game? Um, You know, so I I have a few reservations about that, but Hey man, I mean, they clinched the the division on their own. They didn't have to back into it with Cleveland losing. Um, They're going into Cleveland this week. I imagine that they'll rest. Big Ben, Marquise Pouncey, DeCastro, um, TJ Watt. Uh, TJ Watt in the running for defensive player of the year. Could secure it with, with a good day. I know, but, I mean, he leads in the league in everything already, and I don't think Tomlin, Mike Tomlin could forgive himself if, you know, he comes up with a pulled hammy or a tweaked knee sure. or something and has to miss the the playoff game. You know, that that's just too much on the line. Uh, you know, so I imagine the rest of them, Joe Hayden, um, I'm trying to think maybe even Cam Hayward. Uh, a lot of guys are going to be down for this game. I think it's hilarious that Mason Rudolph is going to be the quarterback in Cleveland again, his first start um, back from when he got benched last year with, with duck Hodges and, and all that stuff that Miles went down. Garrett incident, of course, Miles Garrett incident. So that's going to be, I'm sure he's just like, man, are you kidding me? Like my right. has to just be dreading this so badly. Yeah. So, uh, that is big that they could clinch the two seed with a win, but I think they're going to rest too many people. Cleveland's got to win this game with their lives on the line. So I, I don't expect it to be very close. Yeah. Um, as far as a Browns victory, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Browns with just a brutal situation last week, um, you know, a win and they clinch the playoffs. And then, you know, the day before um, the game, basically their entire receiver room for the most part um, gets on the COVID list for being in close contact with someone that tested positive for COVID. Um, So, you know, they had guys like walk-ons basically that they're teaching the offense to in the hotel parking lot at eight 30 in the morning. So um, they lost the jets. Why they threw it 53 times against the jets when they're running football team is beyond me um, with guys that, you know, stayed at a holiday and express the night before like what are we doing here um terrible terrible loss against the jets you know somewhat forgivable based up based on their personnel issues but i just don't understand the play calling this week will be interesting i mean the the browns at full strength are a pretty good team like they beat who they're supposed to beat generally um jarvis landry obviously missing has been um you know, his absence was sorely, sorely uh, felt on Sunday in New York. But yeah, I like Cleveland win. They haven't been to the playoffs since 2002. 
So let, let's get Cleveland to the playoffs. Uh, I think everybody wants that. Um, maybe even, you know, cold, heartless Steeler fans like Joey would like to see Cleveland break their playoff streak. No, no franchise should have to endure that, endure that type of losing. Jeff D. Lowe, let's do it. Get to the playoffs and let's make it happen. Let's, let's have some fun. Oh, I, I did go on a Cleveland show last night and I'll say it again here today. It would like, I think even Cleveland fans would have to admit if Mason Rudolph and the backup Steelers <laughs> into Cleveland and somehow pulled off an upset, like at the buzzer to keep Cleveland out of the playoffs. Like comedically, that's pretty funny. Like, <laughs> like they, you would have to at least shrug your shoulders and be like, you know what? This just is what we are. And uh, I'm going to get a chuckle out of it and go get blackout drunk. But uh, yeah, so I, I don't think that'll happen, but it would be pretty funny if it did. Yeah. <laughs> uh god hope hopefully you don't have to see that we were, we're america is pulling for the browns um uh, all right let's move on to uh another uh huge division game not in the afc north but in the nfc east so this is gonna be a one o'clock game at dallas at the new york giants so these teams are headed in opposite direction the giants have lost three straight ever since pulling off that huge upset in seattle where everyone's like wow they're you know big cat said you know they're they're a good football team um, they've lost three straight. Daniel Jones has gotten hurt. Maybe he came back too early. Um, hasn't looked good. Dallas, on the other hand, a team that was left for dead, has won three straight behind a an Andy Dalton resurgence, and they can win the division. The Cowboys or the Giants, either, whoever wins this game, if the Washington football team loses the Taylor Heineke led Washington football team loses against Philadelphia on Sunday night. That game got flexed. The winner of this game will win the NFC East and be the number four seed in the NFC playoffs. One o'clock Sunday on Fox Dallas, two and a half point favorites over under is 45 Joey. Who do you like in the NFC least game? Yeah, give me Dallas Red Rifle. They're rolling. They got all the pieces on offense. They're getting hot at the right time, as everybody says, this time of year. And wouldn't it be something, Stephen Che, for the networks, for America, for Jerry Jones, if in that wild card round, the NFC East champion Dallas Cowboys welcomed in the Tom Brady-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers to Jerry's world. I mean... I think it's tailor-made. I think it's just meant to happen now. Uh, I, I, I think Washington is going to be there. They're, they're spiraling with no quarterback. Philly, keep them out of the playoffs, you know, get Fran and, and, and Smitty and everybody happy for one last time this year. And then there you go. You get a wild card matchup in Dallas with Tom Brady. And, and then they, they're going to have to do a split screen of cameras between the game and then Jerry Jones and Tom Brady reaction after every single thing for that one. But Hey, I'd be all for it, man. It kind of makes sense. Doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, that would certainly get, I would think that would get Andy Dalton out of the four thirty, the Saturday four thirty playoff spot. Um, <laughs> It, that would certainly be an interesting mat, matchup if only for um for yeah like like you said the star studded heavyweight uh aspect of it can you know everything everything my eyes tell me say that the cowboys are hot the giants are not the cowboys are going to roll they're going to win this game and you know clinch the playoffs but my heart 
is telling me the Giants are a tough, tough team. They play, they are not talented. They are not talented, but they play very tough under Joe Judge. So is this a uh is this a situation where the Giants, losers of three straight, can go in and pull off the upset of the Cowboys? I am almost leaning in that direction. Uh, I'd actually rat as a Bucks fan and you know a team who um a team who is going to uh likely play play the winner of the of this game assuming Washington loses I would rather play the Cowboys to be honest um the Giants played us really tough uh in uh that Monday night football game a few weeks back so that's a team that could scare me a little bit um but I like our chances either way I do think the Giants are going to somehow pull us out I feel like it's it's just too good to be true right like Mike McCarthy comes in, they're playing awful, they lose their quarterback, they're just sticking around, you know, everyone's being just bad enough that they could realistically win this, you know, <laughs> uh, Ben DiNucci is coming in, throwing sidearm passes to nobody, uh, they're left for dead, and then they rise from the ashes, and then they win the division, I'm not buying it, Giants, give me the Giants, uh, everything in my eyes tells me Dallas, which is why this is the old, you know, better thing. You fade the public. I think the public is going to be heavy on Dallas, New York Giants. Right. So you go man in the suit type approach. Okay. Yes. Do you, yes. Think, do you, do you think we'll ever uh, hear of Ben DiNucci again? Was he just going to uh, No. No, he was so bad. Uh, <laughs> that, that game against the, the Eagles was just comical. Um, how he's, you know, falling out of bounds, throwing sidearm passes. To, I mean, the Eagles should have had like four or five picks in that game, and they just dropped passes. Um, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. He's going to be um, insurance somewhere. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right, so let's move on to um, uh, let's let's stay on that. Let's stay in the NFC East. Um, it's a Sunday night game, Washington at Philly. So Washington is a one point favorite here, which is interesting because you know. Taylor Heineke, uh, over under 42 and a half, um, Sunday, 820. Who do you like in this game? Washington clinches the playoffs with a win. Um, or if they lose, the winner of the game we just talked about, Dallas or New York, will win. So Washington essentially is in a one-game playoff this weekend. Who do you like in this one? The Eagles are currently picking sixth also in the NFL draft. So the losing could actually be a good thing. Yeah, man. I, I just, I can't. I can't trust a pick in the hands of a guy or something called Taylor Heineke. I just, even with, <laughs> yeah. with everything on the line, I just can't do it. I can't do it, man. I, and I'm not going to do it. I think Philadelphia at home, again, they ride off into the sunset with something positive and Jalen Hurts and there you go. We're good. But I just can't say, yeah, the Taylor Heineke led uh, Washington team is going to go in there and take care of business against Philadelphia. I mean, he hasn't. He played a little bit last week after he got after Haskins got benched, right? Yep. Yeah. But I mean, other than that, like, I mean, his career numbers: sixty-two percent completion percentage, four hundred sixty-seven yards, two touchdowns, three picks. I mean, nothing that's like very inspiring. Yeah, absolutely. So, I think um, I, I think Philadelphia goes off with some positivity into the offseason here. They spoil Washington's playoff uh, hopes 
And then, like I said, you get uh, like I picked Dallas and it just tailor made. So I'm going Philly here, Stephen Jay. Yeah, I mean it's hard to not go Philly. They, they've played well enough the past two weeks. I mean they, they they got beat by the Cowboys this past week, but you know against Arizona they certainly could have won that game. You know a few bounces go their way in the Dallas game. You know you think uh, they can they can you know at least be in that with a shot to win. Um, Jalen Hurts, you know he's not completing a high percentage of passes. I think his completion percentage is like fifty five, um, but he is making plays. Um, and they are a better team with this read option game with him and Miles Sanders. Um, I. I you know, this is another one where my eyes are telling me the Eagles should win. But, you know, with a Washington football team, with Taylor Heineke, they're going to play conservative. They're going to run Antonio Gibson. Uh, they are going to play good defense with their defensive line. It's very talented. The Eagles have basically all backups across across the offensive line. Give me the Washington football team. Might as well. They're going to the playoffs. <laughs> so you're fading me. This is the week of fading Joey. It, it's 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 the eye. T- if I if I if I'm super sure about a game, it's probably wrong. I've actually been pretty good at my NFL picks. I think I've been like 55 percent this year. Okay. Right. Um. Okay. But okay. So that's going to be the big Sunday night game. Let's go into a couple other games with playoff implications. Um, Green Bay at Chicago. So here's another team that is very very hot uh, in the Chicago Bears Sunday 425 it's America's game of the week on Fox the Packers five and a half point favorites the over under is 50 and a half playoff scenario so right now the Packers are the number one seed in the NFC if they lose and both the uh, Saints and the Seahawks win then the Saints will get the number one seed if they lose and the just the Seahawks win and the Saints lose. The Seahawks will get the number one seed. So Green Bay really does need to win this game to clinch the bye. So I'm assuming they're going to be playing all their guys. Um, but, or sorry, no, the, the playoff series uh, clinch the number one seed with a bye uh, or a Seattle loss because they have the head-to-head against New Orleans. Um, but I assume that Green Bay is going to play their guys playing for that bye and they also want to keep their you know, number one rival, Chicago, out of the playoffs. Now, the Bears have won three straight. In games, Mitchell Trubisky has started their six and two. And they have scored, uh, I think they're averaging 32 points a game over their last four. So, how are we feeling about this? The Bears on a rebound? Mitchell, maybe he's not bad? Yeah. <laughs> you sound like Tony Romo now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jim, I don't know. Man, it's going to be hilarious when the Bears get stuck with Trubisky for four more years because of this tear that he went on. I don't uh, think we'll send him a long-term deal, right? And then 2020 here. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I, man, I know the Bears are hot, but Green Bay is hot too. I mean, they put a whooping on Tennessee, dude, on Sunday Night Football in the snow. That didn't affect A-Rod or, 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 or Devontae Adams at all. Um, I feel like this is a game that Aaron Rodgers just can't wait to give that smug little smile and 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 kill, put a dagger in the hearts of the city of Chicago and all the Bears fans. I got to go Green Bay here, man. I think it'll, I, I I think the Bears will cover. I, I think that it'll be a, a, a back and forth game, and they'll get after him a little bit. But man, Aaron Rodgers twelve back there over ten. Give that to me all day, every day. Yeah, I mean it's in Chicago. I mean this is this is their playoffs. This is a one game playing like you know how the MLB has their playing game. This is a playing game for the Bears. <laughs> I mean it sets up perfectly 
do it. Know, big, big Cat and, you know, our Chicago guys, Eddie, you know, Chief, uh, Carl, White Sox, Dave, um, you know, they're anticipating a loss. Aaron Rodgers is the Bears killer. It's at home. The Bears have played good enough. You know, I, I assume they're going to bring Mitchell back at least on, on a one-year deal. Um, I don't can't imagine he's going to have a ton of suitors, but he's playing good ball for them right now. And they're averaging, you know, 32 points over the last uh, four games. I think the Packers are going to win. Uh, it just kind of sets up perfectly for this Bears letdown. Um, but the Bears are playing good football. I'll, I'll admit, you know, Mitchell's playing well. David Montgomery is playing really well. Um, they're finding their identity. Their identity is defense and running the football, which is always what it should have been, but they weren't running the football before. Now they are, and it's kind of opening up their offense. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think Chicago is definitely going to keep it close, uh, but I do like Green Bay to win this game. Um, Chicago needs to win. If they win, they're in. Um, but they're also in with an Arizona loss. So uh, let's go to that game really quickly. Uh, it's going to be at the same time. So Arizona at the Rams. Right now, the Rams are one and a half point favorites. But Jared Goff is out. He is out for the game. He broke his thumb. He should be back for the playoffs, apparently. Um, they're going to start John Wolford. He was on the practice squad all of last season and been a backup all this season. And he played in the AAF. Uh, he went to college at Wake Forest. You know, <laughs> this will be interesting. Kyler Murray is also injured. Um, he has what they're calling a lower body injury, a uh, lower leg injury. His availability, availability is uncertain, but it looks like he's going to try and play. What are we thinking about this game? Both these teams need to win. So uh, the Rams, if they lose, um, a loss and a Bears win puts them out of the playoffs. Um, a, a win and they're in or a Bears loss puts them in the playoffs. Uh, and a win and a Tampa loss would give them the number five seed. And that's the coveted seed to go play the NFC East team. So, so what we are, sorry, the Arizona playoff scenario is um, a win and they're in. So, so what are we thinking about this game? You know, someone's got to lose unless it's a tie. So where, where do we stand on this game? Uh, uh, Arizona at the Rams. Yeah, man, this is going to be funny. Uh, you have on the prep sheet, maybe the most intriguing matchup of the day. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> after seeing Chris Strebler and John Wolford, <laughs> yeah. and those sound like two quarterback names in like a Disney channel special that, you know, they're going against each other and they're arch rivals from across town. Yeah. I have no idea, man. I mean, I think in this scenario, uh, you got to go with, I mean, Los Angeles has Aaron Donald and then those guys on the defensive side of the ball, they get after the quarterback and you got to go to to head coach and which I'm going to give to Sean McVay, my guy. I, I, I mean, I, I have no clue what to expect from any of these dudes, but if it's in Los Angeles, if I got Sean McVay, I'm going to go with the Rams here, but an absolutely hilarious week 17 matchup between these two. Yeah, and one that's going to decide, you know, a playoff berth. Um, it, it'll be very, very interesting because um, the Rams are going to be without Goff and Cam Akers, their, their rookie running back, uh, is going to be out too. Uh, Sean McVay, I'm sure, is going to manufacture ways to get, you know, short passes to, you know, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, um, and get some big plays out of them. But Arizona's defense has been kind of hot. Hassan Reddick has came on like gangbusters the past two weeks. I think he's had like uh, six plus sacks, uh, six and a half sacks, maybe his last three games. Um, 
he, he's, he's, he's turning into a player, former first rounder, um, Kyler Murray. I mean, so much of it depends on his health. This is a guy who needs his legs to be his most successful. We saw him with a shoulder injury a few weeks ago and him just like kind of looking flat. Um, if he's kind of timid or afraid to run, I think that tilts the, the scales greatly in favor of the Rams. His status right now is kind of unknown. Um, so I am going to go with the Rams on this. The, the Cardinals have been kind of a mystery all season, really bad loss against the 49ers on Saturday. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this, this, this game is going to be pretty crazy with potentially two backup quarterbacks deciding uh, the fate. I, I feel like whoever wins this game, if they, if they play, they're destined to be the, the Saturday afternoon playoff game. Um, but yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see who who comes out of that uh, NFC West showdown. Um, we got two other games that are in play for the top seed. Let's talk about them really quick. Um, so we got the Saints going to the Panthers. Uh, New Orleans six and a half point favorites. So a win guarantees them the two seed. They can clinch the number one seed and a bye with a win and losses by both Seattle and Green Bay. Um, Carolina, obviously out of the playoffs, but they secure a top 10 pick with a loss. Um, they can draft as high as seventh. Um, who do you like in this game? There's too much on the line for new Orleans, man. There's such a team that even with no fans or barely any fans at the Superdome, I feel like they're just two totally different squads, uh, especially come playoff time when you, you know, if you have to go, uh, to a green Bay or, or to Seattle outdoors, I mean, you see Drew Brees throwing the ball. Not a lot of velocity on those tosses, man. Yeah. I know Alvin Tamara's hot, um, and they're going to ride him, and rightfully so. But still, I just feel like it's too important for New Orleans to at least get that that, that first game at home, hopefully in their case, uh, get the one seed in the bye. So I don't think Sean Payton and Drew Brees are going to be messing around here. They they know what's at stake. I think they come out and they take care of business. We've talked about it all year. I mean, the word that you kind of joke about frisky, the Panthers are frisky. Teddy Bridgewater just covers spreads. It's a six and a half point line for New Orleans. I think that Carolina is going to cover that. They have had problems finishing and I don't think they're quite there yet. So I do think New Orleans is going to get this win. Um, you know, that puts them in play for the number one seed. It's a 425 game. Um, the Packers are also playing uh, and the Seahawks are both playing at 425. So they're not going to know the outcome. So they're not going to be able to like, all right, like, you know, uh, you know, the Packers won. Let's just rest our guys. So that's not going to really be in play. So nice job by the schedule makers and the people flexing there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like Carolina to cover, but I like New Orleans to win this game too much on the line. But yeah, Drew Brees, I mean, they're, they need all the, all the top teams need home field advantage. I mean, let's talk about the next team. So we got Seattle um, going to San Francisco, Seattle. They got, they need to play at home. They're seven and one at home this year. Um, that's where, that's where they thrive. Um, even with, you know, the 12th man being at home, um, Seattle needs players. San Francisco. I mean, they're just such a curious team. CJ Beathard, you know, leading the team to victory, Brandon, Ayuk, um, suffering an injury, uh, this past weekend. And I believe he's going to be out this week. Um, but George Kittle returning, looking great. Um, which is always good to see. Um, Jamal Adams with the quote uh, about the Seahawks. We're the best defense in the league. Um, the guy loves to talk, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, uh, they've allowed the most passing errors in 2020 with 4,318. Uh, this, this will be an interesting game just because it's been such a, a rivalry since, you know, the Richard Sherman, um, you know, Michael Crabtree days. Uh, so it, it'll be a good game to see right now. The Seahawks are favored by five over under 47 and a half. Uh, this game is Sunday at 425. Uh, Joey, who you got in this NFC West showdown? 
I'm going to pull Stephen Shea here. I'm going to say, yeah, everything's telling me Seattle and they need it and they do. And there's nothing really to play for, for San Fran. But I feel like Kyle Shanahan loves these moments to where, Hey, he's playing with CJ Beathard. Uh, there's nothing on the line, but to just spoil Seattle and they want to go, you know, take a positive note into the off season. I'm going to roll with San Fran here, man. I mean, they, they played really well in uh, Arizona on last Saturday and uh, you got, like you mentioned, George Kittle back. And give me, give me Kyle Shanahan and, and San Francisco in Arizona, I guess, not at home. Probably, uh, yeah. We play there. So in Arizona, they're going to stay there where they just uh, won on Saturday. And um, I think it'll be kind of a sloppy. I, I don't really like Seattle that much anymore. Uh, I think it'll be kind of a sloppy performance from Seattle, and then that'll lead them into a disappointing postseason. I know this will be on old takes exposed or whatever uh, when they go to the NFC Championship or the Super Bowl, but that's just what I'm rolling with. And and give me uh, George Kittle and Kyle Shanahan. I think Seattle's peaking at the right time. I mean, they're a team that's getting hot. The addition of Carlos Dunlap, a guy who put his house up um, on Twitter in Cincinnati a few weeks ago, uh, has been huge. He's been really good for them. And Jamal Adams, since he's returned from injury, has been really good. Um, I don't think they're anywhere near the best defense in the league, but they have been playing much better defense the past few weeks. So I don't think that, that is, a, uh, you know, when we're looking at the total yardage given up for the season, that's certainly awful. Um, but I think right now they are playing like a very good defense. Um, so I like Seattle to win big in this one. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with, with the top three seeds, you know, New Orleans, um, uh, Seattle and Green Bay obviously controlling their own destiny. Um, I think all those teams could really benefit greatly uh, from the buy and then you know being at home throughout the playoffs. Um, so so we'll we'll see kind of uh, who turns out there. Um, but let, let's uh, end the episode with some closing thoughts. Joe, what are closing thoughts heading into a wild week seventeen? <clears throat> yeah, uh, it's the last full week of football, professional football that we got. So everybody enjoy it, savor it. Don't uh, take it for granted. Uh, savor all those last seconds of red zone, and hopefully there'll be some great dramatics for people to be able to enjoy. Uh, but then also, you know, uh, the new year is coming up. We'll be in twenty twenty one when these games happen. Yep. Congratulations, everybody. We made it. You made it through 2020. Hopefully um, better things to come. It was a rough year. It was a crazy year. Uh, it was a year we'll never forget, but keep staying positive. Keep having that mindset of moving forward and we'll get into 2021 and better things will happen to you. So happy new year. Enjoy this weekend of football and uh, hopefully for your team, whatever needs to happen happens. Yes. Um... Happy New Year. Happy New Year to all our listeners. Um, we are coming right up uh, on the New Year right now. Uh, yeah, it has been an awful year. This is going to be the last week with 16 games. Um, so, yeah, enjoy, enjoy Red Zone. So many teams playoff hopes hanging on this week. You know, you kind of got to pull for those underdogs, the Browns, the Bears, um, you know, teams that, you know, even the Cardinals, um, teams that really haven't been there super lately um, and teams that weren't expected to do it, maybe in Dallas um, or Washington, you know um, you'd like to see some of those teams kind of, um, you know, get back in that winning, winning, uh, winning feel. Uh, so best of luck to those teams with things riding on them. Congratulations to everyone who won their fantasy leagues this past week. If you have a fantasy league in week 17, what are you doing? Um, but best of luck uh, to everyone on the fringe and hopefully 
We'll all get to playoffs together, even though it's not possible. Happy New Year, everybody. From the man of a million voices, Joey Monero. See you, everybody. <clears throat> I am Stephen Chase. See you guys.